0: 2016, my guest was too shy to speak to people at networking events. Today, he's built a positively lovely community of close to 44,000 marketers around the world. Welcome to episode 100, it feels good to say that, of the No Hack Show, a weekly podcast where we discuss many different ways you can optimize your online presence. I'm Kath and today we're talking about the role of communities and marketing and I'm stoked to have no less than the founder of the Marketing Meetup, Joe Glover. Joe, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you very much. I really appreciate you and congratulations on 100. We were we were just <laughs> chatting before, but that's that's an amazing amazing thing. So well done. It's a, a true example of sticking with things. So well done.
0: Thank you, thank you for that. My partner and I will have to celebrate later. There's <laughs> so much to talk about, and I'll try to squeeze in as much with our time together. But there was one tweet that you made recently that I can totally relate to. You said, "Why does every kid's toy have to be made from one million pieces that inevitably end up scattered everywhere?"
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think that may have been sent in a moment of frustration, perhaps. <laughs> was, yeah, we've, we've got a two-year-old at home who his present occupation seems to be throwing, throwing, throwing toys on the floor, it seems.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And I can totally relate. It's like you pulled the words out of my mouth. I have two young boys. Mm -hmm. And as you can imagine, their toys are everywhere. And I'm talking about Hot Wheels and Legos. And (laughs) when I was young, life was simple. (laughs) I just had a Stuffed animal, or a doll, or like three pieces, and that's it. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I remember my pet, my pet rock, very fondly. You know, and uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I
0: know, but I guess they're having fun, and we just need to learn to wear slippers or shoes when walking. Yeah, so
1: precisely, it, it, it's our problem, not their problem. So <laughs> it's for us too to get better as humans in reacting to, it, for sure. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's so funny. Okay, so take me again to that day in 2016. Mm-hmm. And I really love this story because I hate small talk. I always <laughs> say I'm an extroverted introvert. I yep. don't like talking to strangers, but I'm in marketing. So I have to present in boardrooms, talk to press events and all that. So mm-hmm. I would like to understand your thought process to that day that we went to that networking event and yeah. to the point where you said, you know what, I can do better.
1: You know, I I, I don't know whether I've ever thought I could do better. I, I've definitely thought I could do different, you know, and, and and so I walked into these spaces and I'm sure so many of us have had the experience. I, I think this particular event that sort of comes to mind, it was sort of in London. I remember I was speaking with someone from Etsy and there was a mm-hmm. couple of other sort of branded branded folks in the room. And at Mm -hmm. the time I was working for a marketing agency and there was always sort of that weird dynamic that goes on. You know, if you're speaking with some branded folks and and you're in an agency, then immediately it feels like the sales pitch, you know, is is coming somewhere.
0: Uh But the truth Mm -hmm. of the
1: matter was that I really couldn't have had any less interest in that. You know, I wanted to know them as people, but I never really got that opportunity because the moment I said, I'm Joe and a marketing manager from... The agency then it felt like my humanity was almost denied and and instead we became job titles or, or budgets as the case may be mm-hmm. and that experience alone you know was enough just to, to show me that i'd done something that was quite scary you know i, I walked up to someone new who i'd never mm-hmm. spoken to before and i tried to introduce myself and and, and somehow some way that human interaction was diminished to something less than good. And so really it was with those experiences in mind that the marketing meetup was formed, but it was never like, ah, you know what? I'm gonna nail this. This is gonna be amazing. <laughs> this was it was, you know, it was it was a, an event in a canteen in Cambridge. You know, yeah. I invited people via meetup.com, I put on a buffet and found a speaker. It, it wasn't anything fancy, and it still isn't anything mm-hmm. fancy, it's just human connection. And, and yeah, that's, that's when the, the ball started rolling really into, into what the marketing meetup has become ever since.
0: Right. And when you did that first event in the canteen in London, like how was it different? Mm-hmm. Was, cause, cause you know, I, I can totally say that usually in this event, it's this high energy, but also people are intimidating. Like yeah. we have to talk, but yeah. you know.
1: It's our priorities. Well, very practically, I'd say the biggest difference is the vibe. And I know that sounds like a very hippie thing to say, but, you know, we, we set expectations very, very clearly of how folks are expected to behave within the confines of the marketing meetup. You know, you are going to come to a place that is safe. You are going to come to a place where you are going to be encouraged to listen to one another, say hello to everyone in the room and be positively lovely. And I've been reflecting on this recently because we're now eight years into this journey, and I've given, you know, sort of tens of talks on how to build a community around the world. And I think what I've come to realize is that something far more interesting than building a community is building a culture, which means to say Mm -hmm. that when folks come into the room, they know what's expected of them, not just because of what we've communicated, and we communicate that regularly and Mm -hmm. often. But also, when you walk in the room, there are folks in the room who have already embodied this culture and therefore take it upon themselves and impress this upon other people. And so, I would say, in answer to your question, you know, what makes it different? Almost nothing, almost nothing makes it different except the culture. And that is something Mm -hmm. that, you know, we've protected vigorously, we've built consciously, and now doesn't belong to us. And I think that's probably. The second most important point beyond build a culture is realize that you don't own a community. You know, the, the marketing meetup isn't isn't mine. It's not mm-hmm. anyone else's. It's, it's something which I interact yes. with and put the energy behind. But folks choose to build a culture together. And I've suggested some ways and they've decided to take them on. But if they decided to act differently, then that's also on them, you know. And so, yeah, build a culture seems like it's really important but then also keep in mind that it's not yours
0: mm-hmm. I love that and the positively lovely phrase when did you think about this was just like from the beginning I, I love that <laughs> it's it's not often that some that you'll hear from events or yeah. from conferences
1: yeah yeah thank you you know it's a really really good point and one that I've only come to appreciate myself recently as well which is which is so funny because we have built a whole brand about around it. But I, at the same time, I didn't realize how important Positively Lovely was up until recently. And the answer is no. It wasn't, it wasn't something that I decided on day one, I'm going to build this Positively mm-hmm. Lovely community. It was actually a happy accident. It was an mm-hmm. event I was running in Cambridge. And I was trying to find some ways to define the cultural expectations for the event. You know, you come here and you do these things. And one day I put up this slide, which had these three phrases on it. Listen, say hello and be positively lovely. And, uh, you know, people really resonated with number one two. you know, listening rather than selling, you know, don't come here and, yeah. and make it a sales event. Say hello, because it's the hardest word in networking, but that be positively mm-hmm. lovely phrase, it was just something that kind of came out of my brain. But like, you kind of got like that small chuckle, you know, like people like mm-hmm. started like. You know, you could see the faces in the audience, you know, where people kind of like chuckled and then sort of like nodded their head. And uh, so I did it again. You know, I kind of, I just, at the next event, I sort of mentioned Be Positively Lovely again. And it kind of got the same reaction. And it still does to this day from folks who haven't heard it before. And it is the most twee phrase in the world. You know, it's like properly like, you know, (laughs) some people really cringe when they say it because it feels like, (laughs) you know, just so obnoxiously nice
0: mm-hmm.
1: but it's so important because in my mind if we aim to make this the world's most inclusive friendly kind welcoming positively lovely event in the world and we do that to 150 percent if someone comes to one of our events and then embodies it 80 percent then they're still going to turn up as the you know a really really good version of themselves and make the event a really really good one and so yeah that positively lovely thing like thank you for picking up on that because it's so important and it's something that like we're going to be leaning into way more in the future as well because like
0: mm-hmm.
1: i think in effect that is the brand you know that's the brand that is the culture that we're trying to create and so one thing that we've never really done is sort of codify it and sort of say positively lovely means x y z and like that's right. an exercise i'm really interested in doing because i think that could even take us sort of to the next level on, on, on cultural expectations.
0: I I love that it's very unexpected and yet it to me as a marketer who's probably gonna attend one of these community events soon, it feels like It's very welcoming. Just be open, say hello. We won't bite, that kind of thing. Like, we're we're here to learn together, to learn with each other. And that's why that really stuck with me. I mean, that's something you don't really see often. And that's great. And my next question to you is like, when, because you were, you mentioned you were a marketing manager too in a digital marketing agency. What was the time or the trigger that said, okay, I'm gonna jump and you know do this full time
1: yeah, I knew that I always wanted to start my own business right from a young age. That was always the goal what do you want to, What do you wanna do when you grow big? then I want to own my own business you know that was that was me
0: that's nice
1: and so for me, I was three four years into my career i was twenty four years old at the time, so I was earning a twenty four year old salary, you know enough but not loads. And so Mm -hmm. when the marketing meetup matched that salary, I kind of knew that I had a degree of comfort that I'd be able to make that leap. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I think it's an interesting point though, in that like it took three years to get to that point. I was doing marketing meetup in my evenings and weekends and and an hour over lunch and stuff like that over over those first three years. And so Mm -hmm. I think it's really an important point in a sense, which is like, community is not this thing that the, the number one mistake that people make with community really is they go, how can I monetize this from day one, you know, or how can I monetize this after three months or whatever? And there are inevitably roots, but I would say going back to that cultural point that we were speaking about, like the the, the culture of the marketing meetup is what it is because we almost took our time over it and kind of mm-hmm. had had those three years at the beginning to like really set in stone what this community is about. And so, you know, for me, it was a fairly simple equation. Once I'm learning as much as I am in my day job, then I can just replace that salary and and, and sort of be fine. But I think a more broader point that folks can hopefully take away from this is like if you are trying to build a community or trying to build a culture, perhaps taking a step back from the monetization angle and just sort of realizing why you're doing it feels really important Mm -hmm. because that's going to be the driving force that sort of takes you through the weeks, months and years.
0: I love that last point because it's so easy to, I guess the first thing that you have to do is make sure that your security blanket, your yeah. financials are covered, but then it will be a lot of work and it's not going to be every day where you're energized and motivated yeah. and you have to always go back to your why. Why am I doing this? Is this the right thing that I, to do to leave my job and do this full time? And <laughs> it's, it all boils down to your why, which is I think the mission I, I said is to help I read is to help as much as many marketers as possible mm-hmm. so
1: mm-hmm. absolutely And that's really great I, I think you make a really lovely point there and I think mm-hmm. the only thing I can build on top of it is sometimes the the mission changes as well
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know so we ran the first event in Cambridge and like that was the mission was to run one event you know and now the mission's changed very radically and so I just wanted to offer a bit of comfort to some folks who may perceive themselves to not have a mission right now and sort of say well mm-hmm. you know you could you can have a small mission and then you can grow it over the course of time or, or you can change it out or you can make it smaller or whatever you need to make it you know like your mission is yours to define and to choose it's not it's not for other people to sort of put the pressure on you to, to decide what you should be doing with your your time and your life
0: right 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 and speaking of like communities, I wanna switch gears a little bit Mm -hmm. because we're both in marketing and everyone in the community is in marketing. What why do you think building communities is an intrinsic part of marketing?
1: I think there are profound benefits to businesses for building meaningful communities. You can place them across a typical funnel, you know, folks become aware that your company or product exists. They may be more likely to purchase from you, the consideration phase. They may purchase from you at the purchase. There's big, big, big benefits at the retention phase. You know, folks sort of become part Mm -hmm. of your community. You look at Microsoft and their MVP program. You look at HubSpot doing like their inbound, two great examples of, of companies using the power of community to grow something of significance and advocacy of course is huge because you know if you got community members who are saying this is great then that brings in new customers and there's still no more powerful marketing channel in the world than than word of mouth that being said i i think probably the, the thing that i speak about as the currency of community is actually opportunity which means to say that like you just don't know what's gonna happen. You don't know the conversation that you're gonna have. You don't know the speaking opportunity which leads to your next big client. You don't know whether it brings people to your next event or you know whatever it is. At the end of the day, businesses are just bunches of people making things up as they go along and trying to look like they, they know what they're doing. And like community <laughs> is like a really it's fabulous true. example of like human beings doing a thing to get better, stronger, then they would be alone to, to achieve something that they wouldn't be able to do by themselves or just to have fun. And so for whatever of these reasons, you know, community, for me, the best reason to invest in it beyond sort of marketing-based metrics is this currency of opportunity. It's the type of stuff mm-hmm. that you're probably never going to be able to put on the spreadsheet. And so I'm going to say an unpopular phrase, which is I think it requires a bit of a leap of faith to invest in it, mm-hmm. to care about it. But Mm -hmm. if you do, then you have literally no idea where it was going to lead you. But the limits of where it could lead you is just the limits of what one can experience as a bunch of humans making things up together, which is limitless in itself. And so Mm -hmm. there are many reasons to invest in community, but probably the one that is most relevant is is the one that you'll never know about.
0: Yeah, it's just taking that leap of faith. And my next question is like kind of two-pronged. I wanted to know... How you grew TMM from like 10 marketers to what it is today, 44,000. And what do you think brands or companies can learn from this journey?
1: So I grew it in a few ways. I mean, personal brand has been really important as part of it. So LinkedIn predominantly. I will post on LinkedIn most days, either sort of sharing something I believe to be true, you know, <laughs> or, or a thought. It doesn't have to be about TMM or more specifically advertising TMM events. That's been important. Mm-hmm. Secondly is the events themselves. So we run weekly webinars. We have 120 events running around the world this year in person. And so each of those will bring new people into the community through Eventbrite, through Meetup, through... LinkedIn events. Through Sorry,
0: the... did you say hundred in-person events this year?
1: Yeah, 100, 120 oh, I think yeah. <laughs> it's it's silly.
0: I thought like it's a mix of like online and in-person.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's That's been a it's crazy. Been mad. <laughs> and then the the last the last so we've got personal brand, you got events, and then the last one is is word of mouth, you know, and. and, and mm-hmm folks within the community telling other people that this community is good because they have enjoyed it too and so cultivating those opportunities to enable folks to speak around those things is is really important so the second part of your question was about how companies can learn from that well so the first is Engage in social media platforms if you would like to. And I think that last bit's really important, if you would like to, because not everyone, I don't think everyone should be posting on LinkedIn every day because most people don't enjoy it. If you don't enjoy Mm -hmm. it, that's fine. You know, don't worry about it. But if you can, you like it, you enjoy it. Personal Brand is a really powerful channel. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to say the horrible phrase about people buying from people, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, in seriousness, but, you know, like having that, having that kind of like is important. So if you can identify a few stars within your organization who are really keen on developing their personal brand, support them, help them grow, help them do it, give them the time to do it, give them the resources, because it will pay dividends. On the events front, I think there's a bigger lesson than just run events, which is if you wanted to build a community, then find moments to give peaks of activity. And so what I mean by this is like we have to acknowledge that our brands are small things in people's lives, And so people aren't Mm -hmm. going to be looking out for you like every 10 minutes or something like that going, oh, I wonder what the marketing meetup's doing. But maybe (laughs) like once every Tuesday for an hour of their week, they know that we're going to be there running a live webinar. And then maybe Mm -hmm. once every two months, they're going to have a live event close to their house. And so we've got some points of activity which we can direct people to, which means that they don't need to think about like joining our community as this generic homogenous sort of thing but they've got some specific things which they can engage with. The last thing I mentioned was word of mouth. And so I think any organization can just be thinking about, like, how can I turn my biggest fans into my biggest advocates? And, like, mm-hmm. sometimes it's just as simple as asking. Like I've been amazed by the power of, like, just asking people to tell their friends and tell people, you know, that we exist And if they've really enjoyed it, they absolutely will. And if they didn't, it's okay. You know, but Mm -hmm. I think the power of word of mouth specifically for a community is like, if you've got a really, really great person who's like bang on, like in our case, you know, just like really nice, really engaged, really curious, then it's quite likely that their friends are going to be really nice, really engaged and really curious too. Mm -hmm. And so... Like asking folks to bring other people into the fold is really important, and like that word of mouth thing definitely sits as part of it. So just encouraging and like not being afraid to ask people to help you build something, if it's being done with the right intentions, feels important.
0: Right, and I have to emphasize the point that because sometimes brands, marketing, marketing directors, or CEOs, they're looking for like what's the ROI? Why would I invest in? Running events, sure, we can get ticket sales, but is that enough? You know, it's really convincing the people in your organization that building communities, though it's a slow burn, Mm -hmm. we might not get the return in the next year or so, but it's so worth it. And I think the growth of the marketing meetup is a testimony to that. And the other thing that you said in the first part, it's all about the culture. Yeah. if the culture is open welcoming and helpful then building that community will grow faster I guess and maybe not easier but Mm -hmm. it will grow for sure and the the ROI whatever we're looking for is will happen sooner or later what do you think about that
1: 100% no I couldn't agree more you know and, and the thing is that you will start seeing it in ways which are far more you know, hard in terms of hard metrics, whether it's folks signing up for your events, whether it's, you know, turning them into a subscriber on your newsletter, whether it's Mm. subsequently showing that, you know, 10% of folks convert from the newsletter to being a paying customer. We live in a last click world, but if you actually trace these things back to where folks came from in the first instance, then, you know, you will see that community will be part of these efforts that is really driving people to, to eventually become customers. As much as that, there's also, you know, such a mounting wave of evidence, whether it's the folks behind the long and the short of it, whether it's system one here in the UK, that are proving that if you were gonna do brand versus acquisition activity, then like brand actually does quite a lot of the acquisition activity anyway for you. So breaking down those silos and sort of saying, we're gonna be investing in sort of brand led activity with the assumption that it's gonna Mm -hmm. build acquisition is like, actually mm-hmm. increasingly evidenced with hard data. It's The fact is, you know, it's just a tricky... It's a trickier sell, and particularly in an environment mm-hmm. which we exist in right now where, like, budgets are tighter and we have to be yep. proving ROI on every pound spent, which is sometimes mm-hmm. a tricky place to, to be. But, you know, to, to end this little rant, you look at what's happened with the Barbie movie quite recently... And I'm not saying that everyone has the luxury of a brand like Barbie because they absolutely don't, but Mm -hmm. a lot of their activity was brand led activity. And it's been amazingly successful as a very recent case study of, of a a marketing organization who's truly believed in the power of brand led, brand led, brand led activity Mm -hmm. and really thrived as a result.
0: I know that's, that's awesome. Like and another thing that, they did well there are the partnerships and the collaborations, Yeah, which again, it's something that you can do when you have a community to go to. I think it's a good way to wrap up the episode. I'm excited for what's next for the marketing meetup. This episode will, I think, be published August 28th. So. Okay. Let's talk about Ecom Day
1: because that's on
0: August 30th. That's so exciting. David Manaim is one of our guests in the podcast. So we're really excited about that. (laughs) Invite our listeners to (laughs) to join the event and what they can expect.
1: Of course. So on August 30th, we're running an event called Ecom Day. It's three marketing talks in a single afternoon. So 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock, and 3 o'clock British time. They're all free to attend recordings will be sent out to everyone who who turns up or, or or signs up sorry the first talk is about personalization the second is about optimizing your crM and then the third is about creativity which includes elements of sustainability and inclusivity too so that's all free to attend and also free to attend is our new season of webinars which will be happening every Tuesday from the 5th of september onwards we're theming that on doing a lot on a little. And so that's Mm -hmm. for marketers who are feeling stretched because they're in a small team and suddenly having Mm -hmm. to do a lot or folks who are in a big team and suddenly have reduced headcount or budget because of the economic times. And in either circumstances, then folks are very much invited to those events. So definitely come along.
0: That's awesome. And I will definitely share the links in the description, should we expect more events outside London and New York?
1: <laughs> yeah. i excited.
0: Any, I saw there was one in Japan, but hopefully, you know, yeah. closer to
1: home. <laughs> Absolutely. If anyone would like to run a marketing meetup event, then by all means, get in touch because that's what we're hoping for. We ran our first event in Ghana oh, so people the other can day and, and would love reach to reach out across the world for sure.
0: Oh. Nice. So just go to the website and then there's a form. I think I saw that if you're interested to run. Okay. I'm going to look that up. That's awesome. (laughs) Joe, I appreciate your time today. Thanks for creating a positively lovely community for us marketers. I'm so excited (laughs) to attend the e-com day on the 30th. Send the link as well. You were so awesome for taking the time. I know you're so busy. And if you found value in this episode, definitely connect with Joe and subscribe to the podcast. I'll see you all next week.